has your business been impacted by this year's events? Have you successfully pivoted towards a better future? Or are you one of the many business leaders that is looking for real solutions to the hard problems your business faces? If so, today's guest can help. In this episode of Humans Now and Then, I speak to Ford Sakes, Hall of Fame keynote speaker, author, and the president and CEO of the company Prime Concepts, about how to market to customers effectively, how to adjust course in difficult times, and the personal accountability that each of us has in creating our own success. You just need to step back and remember that for the short time that you have on this planet, what are you going to do? And that you take personal accountability for your own success. Ford Sakes has redefined the formula for business success. His efforts have helped companies generate a total of over a billion dollars in sales worldwide. From startups to Fortune 500s, Ford Sakes is widely recognized as a business growth innovator. With over 20 years experience ranging from retail to wholesale, he has founded over 10 companies, authored four books, awarded three U.S. patents, and received numerous industry awards. So, ready to dive into what you can do to right your ship and market your business effectively? Let's discuss. I'm Rebecca Scott, and this is Humans Now and Then. Ford Sakes, thank you for joining me. Glad to be here. Awesome. So you are somewhat of a marketing genius, and so I'm really excited to have you on the show today. A lot of folks are trying to navigate this crazy world of marketing with all of the new tools and things we can use, the new terminology like MarTech or MarComs and so forth. But one of the things that people are really trying to do is cut through the noise, whether they be the receptor of the media or trying to get out there and rise above all of the noise out there. How do organizations think about their marketing in today's crazy world where attention spans are short and options are plentiful? Well, Rebecca, you know, buying behaviors have really changed recently. You know, the the way people make buying decisions, how they get influenced, uh, and just the world has changed with what we're dealing with now. I, I would say the first thing you really have to do is you have to take an inventory of your messaging and make sure that what you have is timely, topical, and relevant. Now, we'll certainly be able to get into deeper things, but I would say the first place you need to start is do a mystery shop of your digital footprint. Uh, Google your business name, Google your CEO's name, or if you're a solopreneur, you know, your company, if you're working in B2B or B2C, if you're a small company or large company, I can guarantee you that in today's episode, we're going to cover a lot of strategic things, but also tactical things that you can take away and actually apply immediately. And the first action step I'm going to tell you is mystery shop. Google your name. What shows up when someone Googles your name? Do you have a Google business listing and what's your website look like and your reviews? And of course, I'm happy to go wherever you want to go with the conversation because what happens is so many people, their footprint, it's out of touch, right? Their messaging isn't congruent to what's going on in the community and what's going on in the world right now. And if someone comes to you, whether your website's just used for social proof or whether they're actually going to buy on your website, there's so many red flags that people have that immediately they'll just click off and go to another site. And so you definitely want to start with your mystery shopping, your digital footprint. Yeah, I love that because it really makes you put yourself in the shoes of the consumer or your ideal customer and really think from their perspective, if they were to come and visit my site or see my ad or something along those lines, how is it going to stand out to them? How is it going to speak to their needs? And so beyond just what I'm trying to sell to them, how is someone going to see that, relate to that and then click or buy, you know, ideally, because it meets a need that they have. And it's something that drives them to move forward and they see value in what you're offering. And I think that's the thing I think some people start to kind of teeter on or have trouble with, especially in this very challenging market where organizations and sometimes entrepreneurs and businesses are just trying to survive. You know, one of the things I wonder your perspective on are those businesses that reach some level of desperation in their marketing. What kind of traps might they fall into if they become desperate to find consumers or customers for their products or services in this challenging market? Well, certainly you should sit down with you and your team. Again, so I'm going to assume whether you're a solopreneur or a big team, right? So you guys adapt this, but you need to really take a, a snapshot of your buying processes. You need to look at your value propositions. You need to look at your pricing, your product pyramid from low to high. What different offerings do you have? You need to look at what's your relationship with the people you have on your list. Are they suspects, prospects? Are they qualified leads? 
Have you been working on with them for a while? Are you trying to engage your current customers to get new sales? You know, at the end of the day, Rebecca, it really comes down to there's only four ways to grow a business, right? You're either going to get more clients or customers, but some of us don't want more. They want more high value, better high value. So that's number one. Number two, you want to increase the average transaction. How do I get people to spend more, which it's not about money. It's how do you add more value? See, if you want to make more money, your question really should be, how do I add more value? So to your point of, you know, desperation, you really need to look at what problems do you solve that people are willing to pay to make go away? And are you really positioning that? But back to the four ways. Number one, get more customers. Number two, you've got to increase the average transaction. Number three, you can increase repeat or referral sales, which means you're actually, you know, how do you get them to come back more often? Or depending on what you sell, maybe you just want them to be a referral partner for you or an influencer. And then the fourth way of really growing your business is improve business operations. Now, those four things alone could be two months worth of podcast episodes, right, everybody? So let's not oversimplify it, but you, you need to know that. Now, back to your specific question, like, you know, the urgency, you really just have to ask, what problems do you solve? What different problems does your market have? And the brands I work with, and I work with brands that are big brands and small brands and local and every type of industry you can think of. Uh, they're having to change their menus. They're having to change their service offerings. They're having to change their pricing. You know, you and I as keynote speakers, experts, and authors, everything's changed. You know, now I'm doing live stream events. I'm doing a lot of podcasting, you know, because we're we're working remotely. Now I'm actually in my office with my team, but most of my clients that are all over the world are, are all working remotely. I'm working with banks. They're all remotely. How are banks changing? So it really comes down to regardless of your business, whether you're an essential business, or whether you're one of those businesses that's lost business. I mean, we've lost a huge portion of certain areas of our business, certain departments, and then we've gained in others. So you really just need to remember that at the end of the day, the purpose of business is to acquire a customer, to add value and make a profit. And if you're just trying to lower your fees just to get the business, it's the slippery slope and it's a start of the end. So, you know, hopefully if you're listening to this, you know, you got your loan and you got your capital or you're one of the essential businesses that are working, but you really need to take a hard look at your financials and your forecast to say, hey, is what I'm really offering? Does it make sense? Because the world has definitely changed. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of companies have also had to figure out how do they pivot in a new direction. So if services they had before were in-person services, and now that is not something that's feasible for your business anymore, how do you stay afloat? But if you're a large business that offers something that has been highly disrupted by the pandemic, there's a great opportunity for innovation. And when you talk more about like putting yourself in the customer's shoes, thinking about the value that you provide, cutting through the noise and making sure you stand out because of the value you're providing to potential customers. You know, how might organizations also think about what are new markets I should reach out to now because maybe there's a new opportunity for me to reach a whole nother audience or a whole nother market simply because my business has been disrupted to that level. Certainly. And, and, you know, some of the big brands I work with, one I recently did a four-part series for was Papa Murphy's Pizza. They've got franchises all across the United States. They're taking baked pizza. And right now, their business is up huge numbers. So they change their menu. They change their specials, curbside pickup. They're talking about how they're keeping their employees safe. I mean, they've changed everything. I mean, they, they had to turn. And I know that, you know, if either one of us have to hear pivot or renew, I mean, we, but it's the right word. I mean, you know, you might be tired of hearing it, but, you know, you're going to have to change and, and you can either embrace this or you can be a victim. You know, you can either focus on what you can control or what you can't control. You know, you can't control the laws they put in place and wear a mask, don't wear a mask, do this, don't do that. At the end of the day, people are still going to need products and services. They're still spending more than ever. It's just shifted. The money's just shifting. And you just have to ask yourself, regardless of what size company you're with, and I work with billion dollar brands all the way down to, you know, somebody who makes $100,000, is you really just have to ask yourself, am I really solving the needs? Do I want to get into this? Like, I'm just going to pivot myself for a second. So, you know, as experts, you know, we do a lot of podcasts, you and I, and, and we're on interviews and we're part of mastermind groups. And right now, everybody who couldn't make it as a keynote speaker is now an expert on live stream virtual presentations, right? They're all experts. And, you know, buy my course, I'm going to teach you how to do it. But, you know, it's like, it really, you know, you got six listeners and you've never even done this before. And now you're an expert. I, I'm not picking on the people that have done that. Good for them. I know they're trying. You got to start somewhere. But you really want to look at how can you be different? 
So like right now we're doing a podcast. I invested $16,000 in multiple cameras, two studios and lighting and switching and all these different tools. Now you might say, well, Ford, why would you do that? Well, my keynote fee is $20,000, right? If I'm going to get a company to pay me to have an event, then I obviously need to make sure that I'm doing it in a way that is impressive and gives them the impact that's much different. And one of the things that, that I was able to do is I was doing virtual presentations way, way before, you know, working at home. So I have experience in doing it and how do you engage and how do you do hot seats and how do you engage the audience, which is totally different than what most people are doing. So the takeaway really is, regardless of what type of business you have, what are you doing to connect and engage and influence? Are you leveraging social media? Are you leveraging social media platforms? Are you showing that you're involved in the community? Are you creating special reports? Are you creating videos? Are you putting out content that your market wants? Because right now, that's one of the best ways to continue to get engagement with your market, especially when they can't come into your store if you have a retail store. This is a great way to engage them to look at what could you do. One of the things I'm doing for banks is I'm doing virtual presentations for banks now to engage their commercial customers because they can't come in and be in their store. And banks are required to give back to community to support businesses under a certain volume. So it's a sweet spot. It's like an ATM machine. Instead of doing this podcast, I ought to be calling a bank and telling them I can do this. But I love being here and I'm glad to be a guest today. I just love helping people that are entrepreneurs, that are you know in the trenches, that are really looking for doable things that they can implement, not just theory. So back to you, Rebecca. All right, Ford, that was that was jam-packed with a whole bunch of great information. Uh, but I think that's one reason why I love to have you on as a guest, because you're giving people actionable things that they can take and do. So we're not just trying to energize people and say, you can do it. Yeah, you have potential and you have potential and you have potential if you've seen the Geico ad. You just keep trying and you're going to get there. And that's great. It might make people feel good in the moment. Right. But that doesn't give them anything they can act on or move forward with. And that's one of the big things I try to do in the podcast, too, is give people actions that they can take to improve their circumstances or go shape the future they envision with their business or with their lives. So one of the interesting things you talked about there that I'd like to explore is the piece about relationships with your customers. And the difference between having that in-person relationship with your customers, so a lot of organizations or, or businesses you talked about, like banks or you know restaurants or you know your mom and pop shop that might be around the corner, built real in-person relationships with a lot of their customers. And now that's been disrupted. You have other organizations, all of their contact with their customers is online. So their whole business is built around building relationships through the ways that you talked about, social media. Um, different ways to kind of connect people through their website or through different things that they find on value online. It's a different type of relationship. What is the number one thing that anybody who is kind of used to building those in-person relationships with their customers can do to make sure the value and the strength of those relationships are maintained when they transfer to an online relationship? So the question really is, okay, you used to have a business where you met in person and you met face-to-face and now, you know, those options aren't as uh, accessible, right? Depending on what, what you're doing. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to, are you leveraging the tools? Are you using Zoom or Amazon Chime or Microsoft Teams or Google Hangouts? Or, you know, are you going live on social media? Are you using the communication tools effectively? I know, you know, I speak a lot on digital marketing, right? I'm hired to come in and, and, and a lot of times I'm with uh, people that aren't really, they don't really use digital and they don't really understand it. And they're like, I don't need that. And what I explain to them is social media platforms are just databases. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, whatever. They're, they're just TikTok. They're just databases. They're just communication tools. And And the first thing you want to do is fish where the fish are. So if you're moving from an in-person to a virtual world, which we all are, you have to ask, where do these people hang out? Where do I need to be fishing? So for me, as a business growth keynote speaker and expert, I spend time on LinkedIn and I spend time on YouTube. I'm not really on Facebook that much. Now, I could leverage Facebook and we've got people that we've helped with Facebook get millions of followers. That's not where my sweet spot is. My sweet spot's in the business realm. So I spend a lot of time with like the Global Leaders Organization and Entrepreneurs Organization and YPO and different associations. So I find the best place for me to build those relationships when I used to go to the live events is to be visible in their association magazines, on their website, doing 
30-minute flash briefings, town hall briefings, executive briefings, mini masterminds, mini hot seats. But what you want to do is you really want to make sure that you're leveraging the virtual mediums that are out there and you become good at it. No excuses. If you don't have a good webcam, I don't want to hear it. You know, get a good microphone. What I would tell you is a microphone is better than the webcam. You need to have good audio. People will forgive poor video, but they will not forgive poor audio. But I just want to summarize this way. So you get your pen out. Are you using the tools? You need web conferencing. I recommend you have video marketing tools. Now, the one I use is called BombBomb. I'm not giving you an affiliate link. There's nothing to buy. And for the purposes of this recording, neither Rebecca or I are giving you legal advice. This is for information purposes only. Do your due diligence before you spend any money with any vendors that we might just casually throw out. Okay, so I'm doing my own re- disclaimer for you, Rebecca. You didn't even have to do it. So the biggest thing is, you know, use the tools. Make sure that it's easy to use and it's compliant. Uh, you know, Zoom is what I use. I know that's what we're using while we're doing this podcast today, everybody. We're also looking on Zoom so I can see Rebecca's smiling face. So those of you listening, you don't get that benefit. We get that benefit today. But I would just say that you really need to use the tool, get comfortable with it, and teach your staff. Like everybody in your organization needs to really learn not just how to get on a meeting, but how to hold an effective meeting. How do you have effective language where you say, you don't just say, here's what I'm doing today, but you set specifics. The biggest thing about virtual is really making sure that you have an agenda, you keep it short, you keep it action-packed, and that if it 30 minutes is probably better than an hour, depending upon what you're trying to do. I could go on and on all day about the virtual. The biggest thing is, I just want to give you some clarity because I know I jumped around a lot. The biggest thing is use the tools and really test and see what works best for your particular market. Because every market's going to be a little bit different. Every relationship's going to be a little different. So you need to understand about the different generations and multicultural and what makes sense. You just can't sit back and think things are going to get better. The, the, the number one thing you can't do is sit back and do nothing. And for those of you that are sitting here listening to this today and you're saying, yeah, I've heard this before. Here's what I would say to you. It's not what you know. It's how well you execute. So even the things I'm telling you to do, that Rebecca, I need to be doing the same things I'm telling everybody else to do too. I'm doing them, but I know I could do it better. I could post more often. I could be on interviews. I could be on CNN. I could do more. So, you know, I'm speaking to myself too. So don't get seduced for those of you that are, you know, longtime podcast guests. We don't want you to just listen passively. We want you to either take action on something we've said, or maybe we sparked something that you need to go do. So congratulations for being a listener. I encourage you to be a you know a repeat listener and you know share this with the people that need to hear it because that's the best way to go is, is to be a continual learner and to make sure you keep yourself engaged and energized because if you don't, you're going to go bankrupt and there's your doom and gloom for the day. All right. All right. Well, besides the doom and gloom, that was awesome. And thanks for keeping me out of trouble. No worries. So I think you brought up some really good points there about knowing where your customers are. So there's a lot of people out there trying to get on every social media outlet and are having trouble keeping up with it all, which makes perfect sense because different social media outlets require different types of content to reach different types of audience. Because honestly, the communication patterns on each of those platforms is different. You wouldn't necessarily put something on LinkedIn that you might put on Instagram or Twitter. You know, So you got to think about how you're communicating on those platforms as well as where your customers are. And I think one of the other things that's really interesting about this, when you think about communication patterns, how communication might flow, how you build relationships, I mean, all of it builds a synergy. I think sometimes it might seem overwhelming when you tell people about all these different bits and pieces of things they need to think about. But really, when you pull it all together, kind of pulling together what you just said, it's all related because we're talking about communication patterns, network, building value, having consistent messaging, building a brand so people know what you're about. They know what you offer. You know what they, you offer them. You know what value can provide to them as a customer in their business, in their life, or what have you. So instead of maybe thinking about all these different things you need to do, because that can be very overwhelming. It's overwhelming to me at times. Think about how it all connects. Think about the people around you you have to help you and you know put all those pieces together. And so you're really building a story around what your brand is and what you have to offer. Absolutely. And, and it really comes down to four main key performance indicators that I can just toss out based on what you just said. Number one, what's your reach? What's your influence? 
So create an Excel spreadsheet or a document and, you know, how many views on YouTube do I have? How many followers? How many friends on Facebook? How many connections? Am I part of a group? And if so, do I have my own group and how many people? The next, you want to look at LinkedIn. How many connections do I have? How many company connections? And, you know, what kind of engagement am I getting? Then what do you have on your in-house list? Do you have an in-house mailing list? Are you giving something away? Some ethical bribe or lead magnet, special report, video, e-course, some, something of value to get someone's contact information, right? So are you doing that? Are you leveraging um, other people and using fusion marketing? I'm a guest right now on Rebecca Scott's podcast. I'm now reaching new people that might not have known who I was prior to today. So I'm doing a podcast adding value. I'm not selling anything. I'm adding value. And then you guys are smart people. You'll go, Hey, who is this guy? I should connect with him on LinkedIn. So my name is Ford, like the car S A E K S Ford sakes. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes and be on the screen, whatever, however you see this episode. But what I would tell you is connect with me on LinkedIn, right? So now I'm reaching new people, but the, on the key performance indicators, what's your reach and influence? What, how many people do you have in your in-house list? And I also encourage you to think about your mailing list, because even though it's a digital world, if you mail something, people are mailing less pieces now and people see it. So you actually are going to get better response out of direct mail than you might have used to. So number one, you have to look at your influence. Number two, what's your list? How many people are literally the numbers on your actual that you control, not social media? Number three, What's your conversion percentages? Do you know what your cost to acquire a customer is? Do you know what the value of a customer is? Do you know what the long-term value of the customer is? We could do a whole episode on just how do you identify what the cost to acquire a customer is? Now, I know what my cost to acquire a customer is for different things. I sell high-end digital marketing services. I have speaking. I have virtual. I have live stream. And I know how much time and effort do I need to spend to be able to get a customer and a lead to move them through that funnel, right? From a suspect, prospect, qualified lead to be an advocate all the way through to you know someone who's really an advocate who tells my story for me. But you need to know your influence, your lists, your conversion, and most importantly, your profit. You know, you don't go broke making a profit. You can't make it up on volume if you're losing money. Right. I did, I did those models that have, oh, well, you know, I know, and I'm just going to throw this out. I have no financial information on Twitter, but oh, well, you know, Twitter's making billions of dollars. Well, if they're not making a profit, at some point, they've got to make a profit. I mean, or, or they sell it and then the investors make money or whatever it is, you know, whatever it's going to be. So you have to know what your numbers are, but then you also have to know what platforms are going to be best for you. You need to know what types of challenges are facing your market. One of the, I'll just go here and I'll let you ask another question. One of the challenges I'd recommend or action steps that you should take is to really sit down and ask yourself, what are the top 10 or 20 problems or questions that my market asks most frequently? What are they? And then ask yourself, are you putting out content that matches that? And then the third message is, am I using the right medium? So Rebecca, if you'll give me another minute, I'm going to give them a formula. Are we good for that? Go for it, Ford. Okay. So just, just for the record, if you're doing podcasts, uh, if you're a guest, always answer as short as you can so that the host has a chance to ask a question. But with me, I'm going to keep going, but I'm just letting you know that I know the difference. All right. So here's a formula for you. Three words, message, market, method. All right. Let's keep this super, super simple. If you're driving or listening or running right now, message, market, method. The message is why should someone spend money with you? The market is the who. Who are you trying to reach? And the method is, what method am I going to use to get that message to the market? So today, I'm using business growth, digital marketing strategies. That's my message. How do you increase the number of customers and all that? I'm marketing to a podcast of leaders and executives and C-level professionals and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. So I'm reaching my target market. And the method I'm using is a podcast and I'm using it to deliver great value and action steps because if there's a meeting planner out there, they might think, you know, I want Ford to be at my event or I want Ford to be on my podcast. 
So if you would like me to be on your podcast and you have more than three listeners, then reach out to me. If it's just your mom, your brother, and your cat, I probably don't want to take the time for it. But for the rest of you, like Rebecca, I'd be happy to do this. Again, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And you should be doing this anyway to the guest, whether it's me or whatever the guest is, right? You got to reach out to experts, right? So I've just given you a formula, message market method. You need to look at your marketing. And if what you're doing is working, it's because you have the right message, going to the right market, using the right method. If what you're doing is not working and the phone's not ringing and you don't have any traffic and you start to see your bank account dwindle, then you better go back to the message and say, am I sending, like Rebecca said, the right message to the right medium? Because like she said, the message you send on LinkedIn is not the same on Facebook, is definitely not the same on Pinterest, is definitely not the same on Instagram. They're totally different methods. Back to you, Rebecca. Woo. <laughs> that was awesome. I got to say this though, like I have more than three listeners. Thank goodness. My mom does listen regularly. I get regular feedback from her. So I'm interested to see what she thinks about Ford when I get her feedback. So that's going to be fun. I might share that with you. Oh, I'm sure there'll be feedback. I'm not, no doubt about that. <laughs> she always gives me her feedback on the episodes, which I love that my mom's a listener, but great points, great, excellent points. And I think that when we think about kind of where is this going to take us moving forward, right? So we've got a lot of actions that we've provided for people today. So you've provided great value. And I got to say this too. I have done some of these things that Ford is talking about based on Ford's advice to me. And so I can say a lot of these things have been immensely helpful to me to think about the problems that I'm solving with my business. And I've had to shift focus and, and change course because, you know, a lot of the income I had before was public speaking. And the reality is, is that income diminishes just like, just like other public speakers. And so you've got to think about how do you pivot? How do you change course? How do you do things differently? I focus a lot about the podcast because, you know, first of all, I love it, but it's also a great platform to get word out in, into the world. And hopefully I'm providing great value to my listeners. If I'm not, I want you all to reach out to me and hold me accountable for that. You're, you are doing great value. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for it. I appreciate that. So, um, but we think about going forward. I mean, we think about into the future. And of course, that's a huge, huge thing I like to talk about on the podcast too. How do we prepare for the future? Or has one of my guests recently had said, you know, how do you predapt? How do you think about how do we prepare for what's coming next? Of course, we just went through this massive disruption that affected many businesses in many different ways. Now we got to think about moving forward. What should we be prepared for next? And from your marketing expertise and thinking forward about business brands and kind of thinking about building your business and making a sustainable business, what would be the advice that you would provide to businesses to help them prepare for the future? I, I would say a couple of different things come to my mind. The first thing is think big, think small, and take action. Think big, think small, and take action. So think big, step back, and dream big and, you know, get your vision board out and your dream board and, you know, what, what, what's changed? What's my market? Think really big. That's great. But then you have to do the second step. Okay. What makes sense right now? Asking a better question, right? You don't want to ask, why don't I have any business? You want to ask, how can I add more value? Right. And it really is as simple. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not using NLP and, and all this. So just don't, let's not go there, but you really do need to ask better questions. And again, you know, you need to make sure that you're asking the right questions that are going to lead you down the right path. So think big, think small. What specifically can I do today? So this is my third presentation today. I did a paid live stream event. I did an event for the Global Leaders Organization, which is a, a, an event that I'm in. So it was like an association presentation. So I did a brand, I did association I'm doing this podcast and I've got another interview. Now, I don't do this every day. It just happened to be they're all on one day. Like I'm, normally I do one a week and it just happens to be that way. Today, it's been back to back. And, and I would say that think big, think small, and then take action. But more importantly, take care of yourself too. I'd say, you know, are you really taking care of your health right now? Are you exercising? Are you eating right? And again, I, I, you know, I, I need to do the same thing, right? I need to eat better and exercise better. And, you know, I get to approach avoidance and everything like everybody else. But you really got to go back to the basics again. I think the biggest thing is, yes, it's the new age and there's all this, what's going to happen in the future? Look, I got news for you. People are always going to spend money. They're always going to need products and services. The stock market right now is proven it. Look at how much stocks have gone up. doesn't matter who's in the White House. And we're not being political. I'm not even going to go there. Do not even write anything in. I'm just saying people are always going to need products and services and businesses. There's always going to be calamities and floods and bad things going on. You just need to step back and remember that for the short time that you have on this planet, what are you going to do? 
and that you take personal accountability for your own success. It's nobody else's problem. It's nobody. And I, I know I, some of you might say, well, you don't know about me. And look, yes, I, I, I'm not saying you haven't had it hard or you haven't crashed a plane or grew up in poverty. I, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away. You can wear those things, those life experiences as a badge of honor. All I'm telling you is meet it where you are. You know, I've got a friend of mine, W. Mitchell. Do you, Rebecca, do you know W. Mitchell? I do not. W. Mitchell. If you go to wmitchell.com, you guys can check him out. He's a Hall of Fame keynote speaker. I'm a Hall of Fame keynote speaker. He's a, he's a great guy, um, but he's been through two plane crashes and a motorcycle accident. He's been burned over 90% of his body. He's one of the top experts in the world. He's amazing. Like He's somebody that I was a, a mentee of him years before I ever got into this business. You're not going to out Mitchell him. Like no one's going to have more problems than what this guy's gone through. Like you're not going to one up it. Like you're, you're not going to out Mitchell. It's a joke with our friends. Like you're not going to out Mitchell Mitchell. So don't talk about how bad you've had it. Focus on what you can do. Focus on where you are with what you have and what you can do. Take action. Take small steps. Don't beat yourself up. You know, not everything's going to be perfect. And, and not everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to. You need to keep quality people around you. And if you're around people that are bringing you down and are negative, uh, you need to get away from those people. But I would tell you, it's easier to run with a thousand per people in one direction than one tied behind your ankle. Now, I didn't come up with that. I heard that years ago, but it's true. So turn the news off, turn on the podcast, right? Listen to a podcast. There's plenty of episodes. Fill your brain with good food and Keep the negative out. Absolutely. So that was also, once again, a lot, a lot packed into that answer. But I think that you brought some really good points. I mean, one of the things I pulled out of there, I don't know what you said specifically, but I think is really important, is the thing about you be you, like you be yourself. And you can own your story, but what you shouldn't do is allow your story to hold you back. Right. And we're all going to come up with challenges and barriers and things we got to overcome. But it really, it comes down to being flexible and responsive to change. And being able to pivot and adjust course and not letting those other things, those negative influences or negative experiences in your life hold you back. And I got to say this too, and I want to congratulate you because I believe you also won a speaker award through NSA recently. Did, did you not? Yeah. So you don't really win an award. You can call it that, but it's called the Council of Peers, CPAE, Council of Peers Award of Excellence, CPAE. And really what it is, it's the Hall of Fame. So uh, since 1977, the thousands and thousands of speakers that have been uh, in the National Speakers Association each year from three to five get inducted. So just last month, I was inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame with greats like Napoleon Hill and Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy. And there's you could Google it. There's only been 250 people that have been inducted. So it's a pretty great honor. And, and you know, as much as I'm proud of it, and, you know, is it going to help me get more business? Well, it, in the speaking world, it's a big deal. It just says, hey, this person has a body of work. They've created intellectual property. They've made an impact on, you know, hundreds of thousands or over a million people on the planet. They deliver value. So it's a way of validating it and saying, hey, I've delivered value. Because at the end of the day, I mean, awards are great and I, I love to do it. But I don't think it's the end all, be all, do all, and I'm all that in a bag of chips. You know, I'm 59 years old. I'm 250 pounds. I used to be at the Olympic Training Center at 186. So look, I, you know, I'm not where I need to be in any area of my life. I've made millions of dollars in my businesses with multiple products that I've invented. But, you know, I've spent like a drunken sailor and, you know, I didn't, I didn't manage my money the way I should have. So I'm telling you guys this, not because I'm proud of some mistakes or failures, but I'm human too. You know, a lot of times we watch people on stage or we listen to their podcast and we're like, well, that's so great for them, but they don't know what I've been through. I grew up in the projects. I'm an orphan. I don't have, I, you know, I have a ninth grade education. So don't give me any crap about, that's why if I say the wrong word or like, just don't blame Rebecca, blame me. So Rebecca's mom, do not get mad at her. She had no <laughs> idea. I'm off script. She had no idea what I was going to say today. So I would just say this, you know, we all have our challenges. We all have our road. But again, it's such a short period of time. You know, my son passed away at 27 years old, you know, three years ago. I never thought I'd outlive him. I thought he would take over my business. Now, I'm not bringing everybody down and I don't need your condolences. I appreciate the thoughts. But it's what I really want you to think about is what are you waiting for? 
Like, what are you waiting on doing? You want to start a podcast like Rebecca? Then start it. There's tons of courses on how to do that. You want to be a speaker. You want to sell more. You want to merge your business. You want to hire new people. You want to transform. You know, what's on your vision board and dream board and what do you want to do? Now, I know this is about business. Then fine. What's on your business dream board? How much profit do you want to make? Are you playing small? Have you been holding yourself back? Are there things on your action plan list that you know you were supposed to do, but you haven't done it? Well, maybe you haven't connected your purpose to it. Like, why are you doing it? A lot of people have action lists. Like, I don't want a bunch of actions. I want to know why I'm doing it, right? All right, back to you, Rebecca. All right, yeah, we've covered a lot. We've covered a whole lot. By the way, congratulations. I know you like to wear these badges of honors or whatever, but I think it was a great accomplishment. It really was. I mean, 25 years in the business to earn it. So I'm very honored. Right. But I think one of the things that I appreciate you for is calling it as you see it. So I also know your heart's in the right place. And so a lot of folks might think you sound brash, but I'm going to tell you Ford means well, and he wants you to succeed. As strange as weird as that might sound, and he's out there telling you he doesn't want to hear your pity party. He is a great motivator. And that's one reason why he's received this accomplishment through NSA, but also the reason why he has so many clients is he's been so successful in business is because he does a great job of really meeting the needs of his customers and really thinking about what those are deeply. So I think that's, you know, a great credit to you. And I think that's something that people should think about when they're thinking about starting a business or, you know, taking a different direction in their lives. And one of the things that's really interesting, you kind of touched on there too, is that right now in this point in time, given the technology that we have available to us, the barrier of entry to business is lower than it's ever been. So if someone has an idea, whether it be a podcast or they want to sell a service or they want to get word out about their yoga business or whatever it might be, there are great opportunity for people to get involved in a business at relatively low cost and potentially start to thrive or build a business over time in a way that might be successful. So I think that if people are thinking about shaping their future, whether it be a product or service they want to put out in the world to make a difference or make a difference in their own lives, now is a great time to do it. You know, it's so true. The barrier to entry is so low. There's no reason you aren't doing this now. The the tools are out there. I mean, there's the tools and the answers. It's just like with my team. One of the things that I do with my team, and I've got a team of eight people. I have a company called Prime Concepts, primeconcepts.com. It's an agency. But one of the things I tell my team is, do not come to me with a problem if you haven't come to me with an answer first. There are plenty of tools, accesses, resources, you know, learning opportunities where you can go and learn how to solve it. So when they come to me, they can't come to me and ask me if they haven't at least tried to Google it, if they haven't tried to read about it, or if they haven't tried to do something to help solve that problem. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's great advice. And I think one of the things I want to tag on to that, so I know that there are some people that are just stuck on a problem. You should have people around you to bounce ideas off or bounce problems off and say, hey, I'm facing this problem. I have this barrier. Can you help me try to sort it out? Talking to someone in that respect is not necessarily passing that problem off to somebody else to solve for you. It's really creating that dialogue and creating that brainstorming or that potential for innovation of bringing different brains and different ideas and different perspectives in to solve a problem that can help you find or see that solution maybe that isn't evident to you today. Yeah. And you want it, you want to be able to create a, so there's two, two action steps. One, make sure your team and your environment is self-reliant to create an opportunity for trust that people feel comfortable and make sure they understand when is it an opportunity to master to, to get together. And the third level I would say is everybody listening. If you're in business, you ought to be part of a mastermind, but you need to be part of a mastermind that where people call you on your crap. And I, I crap is contrast, readability, alignment, and proximity. Okay. But, but they need to call you on, what you're doing. If So if you're whining, they need to call you, hey, Ford, Ford, we've already heard that. What are you going to do to fix it? You know, so you need to surround yourself with people that are going to do that. The great thing about masterminds is you'll get constructive criticism from people that care and that you can take your problems to that aren't political. They're not in your company. They're not worried about their job or what they think. So you really need to be careful who you mastermind with. If I'm in a mastermind group, and there aren't people that are really contributing and they're just takers and they're not givers, I'm going to leave that group. And if they are givers, then, and usually, and you'd be surprised, they don't all have to be in the same industry. They don't have to be in the same roles. They just have to be critical thinkers that are willing to look at problems in a new way. Hmm, Absolutely. And I got to say this too, I'll add one more point into that. And then I got another question for you is that if you're in a mastermind group, if you can diversify the a membership of that group from different perspectives and so forth, 
the benefit you're going to get out of that group is going to be exponential because you're going to get people that aren't going to necessarily all agree with you, going to come in with different perspectives. you got to be ready to listen and understand those different perspectives. I think you have to be prepared for that. But if you are, here's a great opportunity for you to improve, to move forward, to get different ideas. And really, it's just an amazing growth opportunity for folks to get involved in such a opportunity as a mastermind, especially a diversified one. So I think that's great advice. So the the other question I want to ask you is what makes you optimistic about the future? I think just, you know, every day, uh, you know, I used to manage Les Brown. For those of you that know, Les Brown is one of the top motivational speakers. He was for years and years and years. And what keeps me optimistic is just really the mindset. I've been conditioning myself for so many years that, you know, it's not what happens to you. It's how you deal with it. I've surrounded myself with great information. I read a lot of books. I attend a lot of events. Like I mentioned earlier, I spend my time doing that. I am so far from perfect. I mean, I have plenty of things that I do wrong. I'm glad I haven't dropped an F-bomb yet in the podcast. So Rebecca's mom doesn't have to get mad at me because usually that'll fly out of my mouth somewhere. But I'm not doing that. So don't beep it out. We're good. You know, I read a lot of books. Uh, Two books that just came to mind while you were talking was, I don't know how to spell her name, Carol DeWick, but she wrote a book called Mindset. And it's a great book. It's a quick read. And it, it really talks about, were you born with a fixed mindset or can you grow? So what keeps me optimistic is that I know, I know for a fact that if I don't know, I can figure it out and I can grow. Another great book that I'm working on, again, you know, you read books that are time in your life. James Clear has a book called Atomic Habits. Now, neither one of those are clients. I do have a lot of clients in the industry and I promote their stuff. This is just because of what you said. Atomic Habits, great book, practical really. And that's where I think I got the think big, think small was it really comes down to what are you going to do? Because I, I had dream boards for years. I had things on my dream board. One of the things on my dream board was actually my CPAE. I actually had a picture of it on my dream board. I know we're not watching live other than you know her and I on Zoom right now. But for the listeners here, I had it on my dream board for three years and I was able to accomplish it. I didn't have to do anything specifically to get it. I just had to be great on the platform and you know continuing to show up and add value. So I would ask yourself as an action step, what's in your success library? Now, obviously, it's going to be Rebecca's podcast, but what else? What books, what events, what training, what what do you want to learn? Have you sat down and figured out what are the top skills I need for my position? And where am I going to go to get that information? So we've already given you a ton of ideas. We've given you masterminds. We gave you formulas. We told you to take continual action. We told, you know, we've given you a million dollars worth of advice on this episode alone. If you if you just went back to this episode and really mapped out the different million-dollar ideas that we've been dropping. But it really comes down to you taking action. See, both Rebecca and I, we're responsible to you and not for you. So we're responsible to give you great information and action-pack and fulfill it, but you are the one that has to write it down and then take action. Absolutely. And so I almost want to say, like, I was going to ask you the, are, what are you concerned about for the future? I have a, I have an inkling of how you might respond, but I'd be interested. I'm going to throw it at you anyway. What are you concerned about for the future? I'm concerned about falling behind, you know, things are moving so fast. Uh, you know, I, I, I get behind the curve. I have the ideas and I end up helping everybody else. And so I think what I'm concerned about is always being a value. I'm concerned about the fact that a lot of people are becoming dependent upon um, other people, the government. And again, when it's not political, everybody, so don't want any, I, I'm not, this not it. I just think that People need to take personal accountability for their own results and and things are going to happen, bad things. And you still have to say, you know, what can I do? Not what can't I do? Um, But if I, I'm really not worried about anything other than I'm really conscious. You know, I want to stay, we started it out by talking about what we should do in marketing and I'm going to, you know, wrap up, not wrap up, but come full circle to is what you're doing in your business timely. It means it is it on time. Is it relevant? Are your marketing messages relevant right now? When Papa Murphy's did their their pizza ads and they were doing it, they were all about, you know, hugging and tailgating and meeting. And well, that that's not around anymore. They had to completely change their messaging. And I'll only bring that up because it's fresh in my mind, you know, because I just got done speaking to them. But they had to change all of their marketing because everything had changed. So I think timely, topical and relevant is what you're doing still relevant today. You know, people tell me, Rebecca, all the time, I've got clients all over the world. And they'll say, well, I've got 25 years experience or 15 years experience. And I go, really, do you have 15 years experience or one year that you've repeated 15 times? Like, have you really grown 
you know, yeah, I've been speaking for 25 years and I've gotten better, but I'm, I can definitely point to, you know, a year or six month period where I really grew. And then I kind of leveled off for the next three years. Right. So it's not like I just kept growing every year, you know, exponentially. Right. So that was awesome. So I got to say, if you were concerned about adding value, you certainly don't have to worry about that today. So you've added a lot of value in this episode. And I greatly appreciate it. I'm sure my listeners greatly appreciate it. But to his point, you know, again, Ford is a nice guy. He might not seem like it, but he is a nice guy, but he wants you to- Come on, you keep saying that. No, I'm going to jump in here for a minute. So here's the deal. (laughs) Rebecca's had the opportunity to see me in a real hot seat position. And a lot of times when I'm doing hot seats, I'll say things like, that's a sales prevention department or um, that's a cure for insomnia. Are you on crack? You know, what are you thinking? That, That doesn't make any sense. So I am direct. You know, I have a, I have a high empathy score, but I- am direct. So when, when it comes to business, I'm more apt to be direct because I care enough to tell you what you need to hear than to just blow smoke and then have you think, Oh, I'm doing really good. When really you're headed for a train wreck, right? I I can't tell how many people I've worked with their financials. And uh, I got a guy, I'll I'll have dinner with him tonight. His name's Art and he runs a, a pressure washing business. And he always tells me how much money he has in the bank. Like he'll go to, Hey, did you sell anything this week? I've got this much money in the bank. Now it's not a huge number. It's a good number, but it's, it's not millions. It's, you know, it's a hundred thousand. And he's always telling me, and I always tell him what's your profitability, what's your inventory turn, what's your equity position, what's your return on investment, what's your return on engagement. He had no freaking clue what I'm talking about. I'm like, do you know what your chart of accounts are? Do you know, do you know, are your books up to date? I have you looked at your first quarter. Have you looked at your second? Like, so there's a lot of parts of business. I will say that I'm going to toss in one more tip. Everybody in business is good at one of three things, making something, marketing something, or managing it. Now for me, I'm really good in the marketing area. If I bridge the gap, like anybody wants me to help you with marketing, come check me out at primeconcepts.com. I can, I can definitely help you. I don't care what your business is. I guarantee you, I can help you close the gap and sell more effectively. I am really good at delivering whatever the product or service is. Like right now I'm on a podcast. I will deliver value. I guarantee you. There's no way you could listen to this and say, oh, I didn't get any value. The third thing is management. Now, that's where I tend to not have as much patience, right? So, you know, when it comes to management, my empathy score goes way out the window. I'm like, why is this done? You should get this done. And I've had to learn that's my weakness. So I've hired my weaknesses. So my tip to you is, which strength do you have? Are you a good manager? Are you a good manager and leader? I should say in one category, are you good at delivering whatever the, maybe like my wife is a Pilates instructor. She's really great at delivering the the services. She doesn't want to sell. You know, she doesn't, she just delivers great value, right? Selling isn't one of the things she wants to think about. The third thing is marketing. So you have marketing, delivering the product or service and then management. So Rebecca, I'm going to ask you, where do you feel you fall in your business on one of those three? Now, it doesn't mean that you're not good in one of them, but where would you feel like one of your weaknesses is? Oh, God. Yeah. So as a solo entrepreneur, I don't really manage anybody else, but I've got to manage myself, right? So I think sometimes that's an area that I'm probably medium competency. As far as content, I got that nailed down. Like as far as delivering on the knowledge and stuff like that, awesome. Marketing, eh, not so much. This is one reason why I went to someone like Ford to get his expertise because, again, he's honest with me. And I think honest is kind, by the way. Right. And his honesty is what I needed to hear. I needed to hear... I needed him to tell me things that were truthfully what I need to do differently. I don't need people telling me that you're doing such a great job. I need people to say, yeah, this part is good. This is where you need improvement. These are things you need to do differently. And so eventually I will hire people to do more marketing for me. You know? Excellent. Yeah. Right. And you got to start where you are with what you've got. And I, I compliment you, Rebecca, for knowing that. And it's the same thing with me. So I have a coach I just hired. Her name is Erin. She's in project management and she's helping us improve our processes. And because here's the thing, I would say, okay, we're going to market this campaign. Okay. That's your plan. And people would say, wait, wait, that's not a plan for it. That's an idea. So I seriously thought that it was a plan. Like, okay, we have a plan. We're going to get a million listeners on our podcast. That's the plan. Okay. There's a, okay. Everybody go execute. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not a plan. How are we going to engage him? What kind of cop- episodes? How often? What platforms? Are we going to do guests? Are we going to do our own content? So I have my own um, channel. If you go to fortify.tv, it's like Ford, like the car, ify.tv. It'll give you a link to my YouTube channel where you can go and watch episodes on leadership, management, customer engagement, local marketing, digital marketing, all kinds of success principles. And I use those videos 
which is, you know, a YouTube channel. I'm using the YouTube channel. I was doing that way before, you know, podcast podcasting has been around forever, but now I, my, on my list, on my dream board is get my own freaking podcast done. Freaking again, technical term. It's in French. Look it up. So I'm now having to do my own. So instead of just being on everybody else's podcast, I don't even have my own. So that's what I'm doing now is to say, okay, this is ridiculous. In this day and age, I'm teaching all these millions of people to do this and I'm busy on all these other platforms. And so that's probably one thing that's on mine is to, is to get going on that. But um, I would say hire your weakness, identify what your weaknesses are. Don't spend all your time, make your weaknesses strong. But just like the guy Art I'm going to have dinner with, he does need to learn how to read his financials. He doesn't have to be doing his bookwork in Quicken, but he definitely needs to, or QuickBooks, he needs to be at least aware to understand what does he need to read to be able to be successful. Fantastic. And so again, more value added. See, I, I think one of the things that listeners can do too, there's other podcasts, I think, that talk about the human element and the human connection and things like that. Um, but this one, tell you what, here's an opportunity for you to have no excuses to move forward and make your business work and make it a sustainable business where you can really add value to your customers and potentially move into new markets if you're struggling because of the, the COVID pandemic and so forth. So, you know, Ford's giving you a lot of great tools today. You talked about that Fortify TV. He has got some great videos out there. So go definitely check those out, uh, primeconcepts.com. But Ford's sakes, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for having me. And I hope now I've given you a lot of ideas to have me back whenever you need a guest. Yeah, I might take you up on that. Thanks so much. If there's one thing that Ford demands of himself, it's that he provide value to the people he reaches. I have no doubt that he has done that for you today. That value may be related to his marketing advice, his business tips, or his straightforward and honest approach, which allows people to hear the tough but important advice that he has to share. But beyond the business advice, we see something a bit more in this story. The importance of accountability, perseverance, and a relentless pursuit of goals. Many of us experience a very imperfect journey in our work, in entrepreneurship, and in life. Ford is no exception to that. And, of course, neither am I. However, through challenges, taking personal accountability for our own future allows us to find the avenues to help others to do the same. Another lesson we take out of this conversation is the importance of surrounding ourselves with others who have strengths that differ from our own. For instance, Ford provides me with tough answers I need to make courageous decisions about my own business and provides marketing advice, which is a strength that I admittedly do not have. If you're stuck, if you need to shift course, or if you simply need to get started so that you can shape the future, take the next step to make it happen and do that today. As Ford might say, no excuses. The accountability is yours. So go on. Go help shape the future. To learn more about Ford Sakes and his company, Prime Concepts, visit primeconcepts.com. That's primeconcepts.com. Before you go, remember to subscribe, rate, and review Humans Now and Then on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please share with those in your network that may have an interest in shaping the future. And... Make sure to follow Humans Now and Then on Instagram and Twitter to keep up to date on this incredible journey. I'd love for you to be a part of it. I'm Rebecca Scott, and this is Humans Now and Then, hosted and produced by Rebecca Scott. Episode notes can be found on humansnowandthen.com. Thank you for listening.